0: Hello, my friend, Nicole. Hi, Kel. It is the Everything's Not Fine, Everything's So Fine, Not Fine podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Never gets old, always true. (laughs) Um, Here we are. How are you? I'm good. It has been a busy
1: weekend, sounds like, for both
0: of us. Yes, Um, yes
1: good things fun things got to we went to the lake yesterday had fun with some friends and stayed up late and just had a really good time got a good talk with a good friend too so that was super special um which was yeah super good but also then come home and the house is a disaster (laughs) so (laughs) we've got some things to do today
0: oh yes yes um did you do any fun water activities or did you just relax?
1: It was mostly relaxing. I mean, we did swim and stuff, so that was fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was mostly, we like played games. It was, it that was, it was nice just to let go. And yeah, and be in the moment a little bit. So
0: yeah. yeah. Was it the whole fam or just you guys? So it was
1: both the boys and us. Roz was at a, cabin with friends and stuff so yeah it was just, just well before. fancy her I know she's been so like I've got this and I've got that and like <laughs> she's been gone all the time I'm like I don't even know. when have I seen your face I need to see your face oh so, that's fun it's what happens when they get old
0: it's, yeah it's cars really and driving they're Good gone Lord.
1: I know exactly what about you how was yours you said it was busy too
0: it was Good. Yeah, it was busy, but we got to see Ellie. And that was fun. Um, we had. So Jim has a couple of cousins who live in California, and they have their younger, he's the oldest of all siblings, all cousins, all everybody. So we're the old farts. And but anyway, they came up with their babies. And so his two cousins, that are moms to a total of five kids. So it's so nice now that my kids are older. Like I have all these littles running around and it kind of helps not miss <laughs> that stage. <laughs> okay. Um, two taste Going home. <laughs> I like it. That is true. <laughs> um, so, but that was really fun. And then Elle was home. She and her roommate came home. It's super hot here and they don't have AC. So I bribed them with AC and yummy food. So they came for Saturday night and Sunday and yeah, it was really fun. Um, Jim played in a golf tournament. My God, that man and his golf tournaments are constant. I love it for him. Yeah. Uh, I love that journey for you. Yeah. (laughs) Wonderful journey for you. Uh, (laughs) No, it's really cool. It's kind of his happy place. So I like that he gets to just check out because he is always thinking yeah. except for on the golf course. So I love that. Um, yeah. And her Jordy is still feeling crummy. We still have some more tests to do and, um, working through some things. Please keep lo- sending him your love. Cause it's a rough time for the guy. Um, he found out he's not going to be able to play football this fall. <gasps> so he's going to have to take the season off and that's, that's a bummer, that's his social life and his exercise and all of the things, so it really sucks. But uh, yeah, anywho, yeah, it's a bummer. So, we have uh, more tests and then uh, kind of a surgery thing sometime in the beginning of September. So, for those of you who send your prayers and all of that, please keep it up because we need them, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, other than that, like super fun family togetherness. Um, yeah, good. Yeah.
1: So what else? <laughs> what what's been going on? You were kind of. Oh, you
0: want to know about my life? I you do. Me tell what's up? Tell um, me. I started therapy last week, and this is just yours, just like, my for so, you this is my first time doing solo therapy. Um, we have done family therapy with L we've had, you know, different times, different types of therapy with Jord over the years, but like emotional trauma type therapy. This is my first time doing solo therapy. um, it just came up kind of spur of the moment um with an amazing trauma therapist who I adore and already knew and trusted. So that was gonna be my question. So you already know this person. Yes, yes. Okay. And she is incredible. Um she's helped us with Elle over the years. Um and just we've had some good like getting to know her anyway. And so she is just like the best. I've always been like, I just wish you could be my best friend and now <laughs> she can just be my therapist instead. Which Perfect. maybe someday I'll graduate and then she can just be my best friend. <laughs> 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 <Just> no. <kidding. laughs> um, but yeah, no, I was there's was a lot going on. I was trying to manage like all the feelings of Elle and all this stuff going on with Jordan and just like ah, and she was like, Hey, why don't you? Start some sessions with me, and I was like, Yes, okay. Um, so since she's worked with Elle before, we had to get some kind of ground rules in place and make sure it was okay with Elle and all that, but yeah, it's a good fit. So, um, that's what we're going to talk about today. My life in therapy. I don't know, guys, we don't know where the hell this episode is going. I'm just gonna <laughs> um, so. It'll be a surprise for all of us, but um, kind of a follow-up to my, like, journey of dealing with anxiety and depression, and uh, we were going to talk about purity culture today. First of all, I should have learned this in the very beginning of season one. I should never say what the next episode is going to be about, because it never happens. (laughs) Um, But we are going to, part of my, even my first therapy visit was talking about, um, like, the effects of how purity culture has affected my view of sex. So, forewarn yourselves. I'm forewarning you. This episode may talk about my sex life. Those Let's of you. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's yeah. talk about you. <laughs> I don't feel like singing about it, but I will talk about
1: it. Okay. <laughs> you got to get that in the
0: background. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yes, yeah, so that's where we're at. Do you want to say anything about sex?
1: <laughs> I kidding. I will probably have things to say as it goes on. I'm I'm for it.
0: You're I'm, for sex.
1: Perfect. You're in the right I, place. I I'm in. Let's let's go, <laughs> baby. This is going
0: to be a shit show. Um, <laughs> So anyway, I go to therapy and, and Nicole hasn't heard any of this. So this is what I said when we were deciding how we were going to record today. Oh, I want to tell you about therapy. Let's do it on a podcast. I'll tell everyone. That's such a brilliant idea. <laughs> it's
1: like
0: great. Now I feel like I'm going to throw up. <laughs> um, no, so I go to therapy and this gal, she specializes in trauma therapy. Um, and EMDR. And can I just say that I feel like literally every single person who was in, um, the church should go through th- trauma therapy. Like, like anybody who feels like they were remotely affected by what happened in church really should consider trauma therapy. Um, but don't because there's very few good trauma therapists. So you're screwed. No, I'm kidding. But good luck. <laughs> no it's just there like our view of fear or of trauma is that it has to be some major event but it's really not it's all the little things that build up to create this like trauma response to things like fight or flight if you've experienced something that caused a drastic like fight or flight scenario in your mind you've experienced trauma like that's wow. That's her premise. And obviously that's dumbing it down way, you know, a lot. Sure. But really you create patterns in your brain way of managing fight or flight trauma type responses. And um, we all have that. And mm-hmm. even if it's a perceived trauma, like she talks about perceived childhood traumas that maybe weren't, you know, an actual traumatic situation, but the way your brain comprehended it and processed it was as a child was as a trauma. Like if you watched a scary movie and it affected you deeply and you're still terrified of certain things because of the scary movie you watched, you had a trauma experience, like, which is so enlightening. And, um, (laughs) was like, made major sense to me of Mm. it, it just like, there were things in my childhood that still, and I'm a sensitive type person. So maybe that affects me more than many people, but, um, like I, the first scary movie I ever remember seeing wasn't even a scary movie. It was Godzilla, but my parents were at a friend's house and Godzilla was on and I was playing in the bedroom with the little kid we were visiting, but I came out and saw like the scary part of Godzilla and the room that I was in was that they were watching it in was pitch black and dark. And from that moment, I have been scared of the dark. It has nothing to do with Godzilla. It has, you know, but just my brain had a little bit of a rewiring in that moment. And I'm still forty ish years old I'll be 45 next month or <laughs> not I don't know damn it I never know how old I am. Okay. Um, but I'm still like very uncomfortable in the dark okay. so just little anyway I am on a tangent but um, it's kind of cool like it, realizing those things and where that Like, really started from is very like now I feel empowered to be like, okay, I can deprogram that response, I don't have to spend the next 40 years being afraid of the dark, like, I can deal with this, sure. So, anyway, just kind of learning about trauma therapy and trauma responses over the years, uh, the last few years with Elle has been really cool, anyway. But now to feel like I'm at a place where I have the mental and emotional space to kind of start digging in there myself is um, it's the biggest form of self-care I can do. And I really don't have a choice because I've always said, I'm not going to do therapy be- until I can open that can of worms because I feel like it is opening a giant can of worms, but it's gotten to the point where I feel like the worms are exploding out of the can and I don't have a freaking choice. Like yep,
1: yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, that can's opening.
0: Yes. And you
1: don't, you're not necessarily. Yeah. It, it just is. So it's. Yeah. Time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm very fortunate that there was somebody there for me when it started that could take me on because I will tell you, we all know like our mental health system is so overworked and Quite so loaded. Mm-hmm. Oh, like the waiting lists and the, all of it, it's, it's very difficult. So my advice would be, do not wait until your can is exploding because <laughs> you might be screwed. <laughs> you might be a little screwed. Um, anyway, so I, I went into my sesh. Do you have anything you want to say? Cause I've been talking for a really long time. No,
1: I, I appreciate that we're talking about this and I am curious about it because um, I was literally, one of the things we talked about, I talked about yesterday with a friend is how um, I had been thinking like, Oh therapy. I feel like it would be really good. And then the whole, the whole catch for me was I don't necessarily have a something that I think right now, like I really need to deal with this. Yeah. And so, and even Aaron was like, I mean, I'm willing for that, but like, it's hard to want to spend the money without oh, yeah. a like thing, right? Like this thing is exploding and I need help with it, right? Yeah. Or this very traumatic, obviously traumatic thing is going on right now, you know, whether it's like divorce or I lost my job or my parent passed or, or, or something, yeah. you know, that's that's sort of like glaringly big. Yeah. Um those things feel like oh yeah you definitely should. <laughs> <can help." laughs> you need therapy. No. You know, but outside of that it's you know when like I, I don't know I just feel like it would be good doesn't feel like a good enough reason. Yeah. Um and one of the things we were saying is like how s- stupid is that that we think that that we're not good enough reasons. Right? Yeah. Like that just because okay. you get that
0: instinct of like oh, I feel like that would be good. Yeah. Isn't enough. Like it is enough. It is cool. yes, yes. And I think, like for me, I have, you know, it co- it does it costs it costs money, and <laughs> we have good insurance, but still, you know, like I have two kids that right. receive some sort of therapeutic treatment of some kind, and um, I've always said, like I. I can't afford, you know, for me to break down. Like I can't <laughs> afford to start that process because when I break down and I will, right. Uh, I'm going to have to, you know, affording three people going through therapy is, is not going to work. And here I am affording three people going through therapy and a kid going to college and a kid about to get their license. So this is the worst possible time for <laughs> affording it. But, it cannot be avoided. Like I am important enough. I am important enough to go deal with this, whether or not, um, there was something that pushed me over the edge. I mean, I could buck up and bear down and get through it. Just like I have every single time in my life. But I really just was to a point of like, I'm tired of doing that. I, I made a commitment that I'm not going to keep bulldozing through life and not acknowledging my feelings and just getting through it. And this is what I need in order to make that happen. And so, um, truly I have like, when I went in, she was like, so is there anything you want to focus on? And I was like, well, there's a lot of shit, but I don't know what to focus on. Like, I feel like we just need to see what comes up. And while we were talking, the thing that came up was not at all what I was expecting. Um, but it's probably like, if, if you were to dig a hole, it's what is at the very bottom of the hole. So I was interested to see that, um, that was just kind of what bubbled to the surface as we were going through it. So I'll give you like a little description of trauma therapy. It's, um, it's a little woo woo for, you know, Like, or it can be, but she is really good at like reading our body. Um, Like during, during a session, you know, she sees how my face responds or, you know, as things are coming about, but I was just talking about my history and she was like, Oh, how's your body feeling right now? Like she must've seen attention in me or something change. And she's like, Oh, tell me, tell me what your body's feeling right now which oh i've seen her do this with l before when she was in in trauma therapy um and she it was just amazing like to see my daughter um identify these feelings in her body and i was like i could never like
1: you know, mm.
0: I could never identify that. But when I was in the moment and she, you know, talks you into a space where you're you're kind of just feeling your feels, you know, or feeling like you're in a place of no inhibitions as far as like detaching from your emotions or whatever. And so um she's like, Oh, what's your body feeling right now? So I'm like, Oh, well, my legs are numb and My back is tense and I have this weird pain at the top of my head. And so I'm telling her and she's like, oh, you're dissociating right now. Like here's. And so she puts me through this exercise of like putting my hands behind my head and moving them forward, like to try to, it's, it's like physical cues to your brain to do certain things or whatever. I don't fucking know. Like this woman's head super fascinating though. It's cool. And so, um, as I'm going and, and just explaining how I'm feeling and what the thoughts are in my head. Um, and at the time we happened to be talking about some childhood abuse that, cause she was just going through my history. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was kind of the part that I was at and she noticed that I had been triggered. And so, um, for those of you from the cult days, it was eerily similar to a deliverance scenario so (laughs) like just the physical cue I'm not saying that I'm happening (laughs) but after my session I literally said to Jim oh I know what that deliverance shit was like I I know interesting could have been taken and run with by somebody who wanted to stir all that up wow so anyway that's an aside. Anybody who knows those days and wants to hear about it, call me because it's interesting. Uh,
1: we <laughs> might need to do a pod at some point about some of those things. But oh, that's we awful. totally should. I'm sure like that's super fascinating.
0: Yes. So anyway, we're going through it and she, I created, um, She has you do containers to like, because obviously you're not going to deal with everything in an hour session, right? Right. So you have this like container that you create that you put that in and it goes to a safe space and it stays on the shelf until your next session. Or like if things come up during the week, I have the ability to stop and kind of breathe and think through like putting those feelings or whatever into that container in the safe space until I can deal with it in whatever Uh way I've decided that is. So I created my safe space. I won't go into it because I mean, who wants to hear it, but I will tell you that it does involve driving through the desert in my Bronco that I wasn't allowed to get. So at least I have my Bronco in my safe space. I Um, love (laughs) (laughs) this. Um, but that night I, Jim and I were together and just, you know, hanging out and something happened and, um, it, it kind of triggered those feelings. Like he came up behind me in a way that immediately sent me into a fight or flight. Like, wow, it was, and this happened a few weeks ago at another time. And that's why I said like, this stuff was just bubbling under the surface and it it was time. Um, But a few weeks ago we were um, on vacation and he did something that same thing. I was just like, get the fuck away from me. You can't touch me. You can't be near me. Like, "Ah." and in the early years of our marriage, there was trauma, you know, like I, I was managing a lot of, of, you know, flashbacks from times of trauma in my life and he learned the drill right like he he's the most sensitive caring person to take care of um me in that situation and so he's he's very good about picking up on my signals and knowing when he can um you know I mean when is a good time to try to initiate intimacy and when is not. And right. you know, right. all of like that. Like he's he's dude, he's awesome. So that that day though, it was like he just it it triggered and um I just couldn't go there. And um it was really cool though that I had my happy place, I had my safe space, I had my container. so he was just like holding me and hugging me and um letting me kind of breathe through it and in my mind I'm just imagining that space and I'm going through and kind of putting it all in the safe container and it was amazing like one session of just a tool right it's just a tool it's jim said um when I was explaining it to him he's like oh it's like casting your cares on the lord like you know in the religious or the church, or the faith, or, you know, whatever yeah, part of your yeah. life, it was just a physical representation of um, that same what, concept. what people have, yeah, what, what we've learned, or what, you know, the Bible, or whatever your belief is, like, that casting your cares, or casting your worries on God, like, it's just a physical representation of that, I, yeah, it just, it was so, it was so healthy, like, it was just so it was such a cool tool and I feel like something that I can have forever. Yeah. And it, it's really neat for me to be going through this after spending the last years to watching Ellie go through it because I get to experience on in, in my inside, what I've watched her and been so amazed by in her yeah. um, learning and going through it. And um, just kind of having firsthand knowledge. Anyway, I, it's, that's really cool to me, but, um, it also makes me incredibly proud of my child yeah. who I'm like, shit, you are 18 years old and have these incredible skills for your life. Right. Um, yeah, but it's, um, just very empowering and very, um, comforting at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah. So. I don't know where to go with that from here, but sure. I,
1: it's, I was just taking the note because um, I think there's something interesting. I've felt, I felt for a long time about some faith beliefs that I actually think the reason they work is because they're like universal truths. Yeah. Like, like um, you were saying about like the casting your cares Right. Like that, that, that really that it's the same concept. Yeah. It's, it's like, I thought, especially of like sowing and reaping, right? Like that's yes. the church version, but yes. that's also the same as actions and consequences. Yeah. Right? Karma, <laughs> karma, like those things are real, right? Yeah. You make Healthy, good choices and good things, you know, yes. are, like come from that, you know, shitty ones, good energy brings more good energy. Gratefulness brings more gratitude. Yeah. Negative brings more negative, you know, like it's, um, it's just interesting. Cause I think when you look at, um, faith, uh, multiple faiths, a lot of them have similar sentiments. Oh, absolutely. And then even outside of the world of faith, there's a reason those things are still true. Yes. Right. The other one that we sadly, but reality is the, um, putting your pearls before slime yeah. phrase, right. Like sharing truths to people that can't handle it. Right. Yes. It's the same thing, right? Like giving vulnerability to
0: people that haven't earned it. Like, yeah. th- so the therapy version of that is, do they deserve a seat at your table? Yes, like, exactly. That's exactly what the term is that, yes. I that we learn therapy and, but it's the same. And I always giggle and think like, oh, this is casting your pearls before slime. like Right, right. It's-, it's interesting though, because
1: I think wherever people land in faith or whatever, you know, I do think that there's a reason that those things have meaning and take hold in a, in a good way, because those are in my mind, universal truths. Yes. Like, like you said, there's the therapy version, but it's the same concept. There's the Buddhist version. And it's the same concept. The, you know, like there's just, whether in faith or not, like, There's just some universal truths to that of like you know that that just hold water. They do. They hold water. Yes. Yeah. It's so true. true. Weird reflection in that moment, but no, I I love
0: it. I love (laughs) it. Um. Yeah. It's you know there are so many things that we were taught. And and anybody that I and I still have a lot of great relationships from cold days, right? Like um, obviously you guys and my deepest, closest friends um, are people who were in the thick of it with either Jim or I, like in the toughest times. Like mm-hmm. that's that's who our people still are, and and we do have some great other friends that we've made over time. But like the shit hit the fan, shit hits the fan. People are are those people. And the, is it terrible that I always call us the cult people, but we are the cult people. Um. (laughs) As we do like to be known,
1: (laughs) not so much, but it's fine. It's good. I get it. It's shorthand.
0: (laughs) It's shorthand. Um, No. So we, we learned, we learned those universal truths, you know, and it's, it's cute because in therapy um, she was when I was doing all my intake questions, she's, I, it, it, has you list like what therapy have you done before? Like personal individual therapy have you done before? And i said none. And we were sitting there and she's like, are you serious? Like you've never done any therapy. And I was like, Nope. And she goes, you're very like emotionally aware for someone who hasn't done therapy. And and it's from it's from cult days, like yeah. it's from cult stuff. It is, and um, there was a lot of good, and I think most of us will say there was mm-hmm. a lot of good, um, and there was some very damaging. And i I think the things that are most damaging to me are the things that also were childhood damages. Do you know what I'm saying? Like where I can say purity culture to me was devastating and I have such a skewed view of sexuality and intimacy and, and still to this day, a lot of struggle when it comes to intimacy. And I have so much gratitude for the husband that I have because thank God he is willing for 20 years to walk through it with me. Um, but it is so damaging because there was already so much damage done. Right. And so from, and, and it's only recently that I've gotten to like literally in the last week (laughs) that I've gotten to a place of understanding of like, why am I the one that's so angry about what purity culture is? And these people aren't like, how could you possibly still be teaching your kids that dating is bad? Like in my mind, that's what I'm I'm like, what is wrong with you people that you would do that to your children? And then I realized, like, oh, they weren't damaged by this the way I was. Like sure. They don't they didn't experience the self-loathing and thinking they were scum of the earth the way I did and still sometimes do. Like it was just another Sunday school lesson, or you know, (laughs) I mean right, right, whatever. So um What is my point? Um, Yeah, just that things are damaging on a sliding scale based on, I'm sure, a lot of things. But for me, the things that had the deepest damage are definitely the things where there was already a wound and just the lava got poured into the wound. Yeah, absolutely. And looking back
1: as in my adult brain. Now I look back at a lot of circumstances and go, man, the boat was missed. There was such opportunity to bring so much healing and, and it's, it's unfortunate. It's more than unfortunate, but I, I know certain people I think of that. I think, man, that would have been the most amazing opportunity to just love people, yeah. like love them into healing you know like and to bring so much just um like confidence for them and like just to truly yeah bring so much positive into that and it was like instead it just got bastardized and 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 pressed into that wound and made worse and exaggerated and that's the the part which is probably a somewhat, I guess, maybe disassociated yeah. perspective a little bit, but like I do, I look back and go like, man, it's, it's such a missed opportunity to yes. have really loved truly hurting young adults yes. in a, in a way that could have been such a beautiful setup for them, which is why of course we are who we are now. And how we parent and love kids, right? Or try to um, because of that. But yeah, but yeah, I think you're right. Like the stuff that was the most damaging is stuff that you already had. Yeah. Experienced trauma or hurt or what have you. And it just exacerbated it.
0: Yeah. Well, and not to dwell on the past, but for those who don't know that part of our lives. I will just give the example maybe. Do you think that's an okay thing? Sure. So for me, like in this specific subject, when when I got into the program um, as an 18-year-old, I was coming from a place of, um, I had experienced, I didn't know yet because I had blocked the memories out, but I had experienced sexual abuse as a child. And then through the course of, and so I was considered in this purity place where dating wasn't allowed. Um, Female male relationships were to be incredibly wholesome, no flirtation, like a commitment not to date. You are to treat these people as your brothers or sisters, like literally mm-hmm. I'm, you know, in every way possible and which is great. Um, But I was, I had lived my life dating and that was normal. And I had had a guy friends were the norm for me. And um, I didn't really have a lot of um, boundaries when it came to like co-ed relationships. Um, I wouldn't say that I'd ever had a like truly healthy, intimate, like, relationship with a guy or a girl like it just it was the normal 18 year old dating life scenario Mm um I was not a virgin but I wasn't like a whore like I just (laughs) I'd had a boyfriend for three years like it wasn't the same one so it was you know but I when when I got to that place um immediately because I had big boobs and cleavage, like, I was immediately a slut or, like, uh, very seductive, you know. But truthfully, it was just that I had no knowledge. Like, I didn't know that you were supposed to hold your chest when you bent over so boys couldn't see down your shirt. Like, <laughs> nor should anybody know that, if I'm being honest. But, <laughs> uh No. So in that situation, I'm coming into a place of like the Holy of Holies in the world of like fundamental Christianity and clueless and, Mm. um, quickly labeled that I was going to be a problem when it came to boys and, fast forward a few months down the road and I had memories of my sexual abuse as a child. Wow. Uh, but it was immediately brushed under the rug of like, oh, God will heal that. You're, you'll be fine. And it was never talked about again. And also there was, I made reference earlier deliverance ministry. So I, you know, basically the sexual abuse trauma was exercised out of me during a <laughs> session. Oh boy. This all sounds incredibly ridiculous, but, but I think it's important to, to talk about the ridiculous, like, um, so then I, I spent the rest of that year plus seven more years of still being labeled um, a seductive person, whether that was, Physically to the young men around me or an emotional seductress to the father figures around me who were supposed to be our leaders and sometime for months at a time forbidden to talk to certain people or people were forbidden to pray for me or to touch me or to be alone in a room with me, you know, Um, so very much made to feel like a pariah or um you know just that there was something wrong with me right. so not addressing physical sexual abuse plus you are um an unclean woman right plus just the basics of purity culture like you know save yourself for marriage which i hadn't done plus you know all of those things like i literally spent years of my life feeling like disgusting you know like and I didn't even know what it was like to have true feelings for a guy like every time I became friends with a guy our leadership was like oh you have feelings for him you need to stay away from him like and so (laughs) these guys who were just like my pals who I'm like oh cool I like hanging out with you or you're funny or, oh, we enjoyed this same activity together. I'm being told that I have unhealthy feelings for them and, you know, all of that. So the cult falls apart, but I still have no, like, counter information to all those things. Right. Like, and I get married. And then I am pregnant and I right. really start having flashbacks to. Well, I'm pregnant because when the cult fell apart, Jim and I were like, we're going to live our life and had a very small amount of sex and got pregnant and um, <laughs> like, holy cow. So I'm also that girl now pregnant before marriage in what was still very much a cult like atmosphere. And having even more flashbacks of sexual abuse as a child and newly married. So God bless my husband and God bless you both. My God, <laughs> it's so much. It is so much, but I have to say, like, I truly don't feel like, yes, it's an, it's an extreme story, but it is one of a million of this yeah. story. And, and I think. That's why I want to talk about it like so publicly is, and when I was listening to Purity Culture and listening to the stuff, you know, on the podcast that I made reference to before and everything, um, it was so triggering to me of like, this is something we should talk about because... it's such an example of you have no idea of where people are coming from and what's going on. And then to put your beliefs on them and your shame on them in the middle of that is so destructive. Yeah. (coughs) Excuse me. And yes, this is about sex. And we talked last time about, um, you know, gay culture and, or, or our gay conversion therapy and all that. Yeah. Yes. And those, those are all very big examples, but it is so like, indi- it's just so true to across the board. Like there, it's so easy to do long-term damage without knowing because you don't know the story of what you're putting that judgment on, or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So at any rate, um, I was not expecting for that to be where my trauma therapy started, but I can say that it's probably the biggest part and Mm -hmm. so much of the decisions I've made for my children and and the type of parent I was going to be, um, stems from that wound and, Mm -hmm. um, so much of the mom that I am and the wife that I am and my fear of like like I some of my best friends I I don't even hold conversations with their husbands because I'm so uncomfortable mm. I don't I don't know I I don't I feel like somebody's going to think that I'm trying to seduce their husband yeah by just being normal you know or there's just so much underlying bullshit that I'm realizing that is just dumb. Yeah. And
1: I have that too. As far as that, like there, there is a like, oh, he's acting kind of weird. Like, does he think that I'm trying to like, yes. say something or do something like I'm super not, but oh shit. Is that what they're, are they afraid yeah. of that? And I mean, think that that's what I'm like. Right. Right. It's crazy the mental gymnastics yes. that have been created because yes. of some of those things, for sure. I do have one thing I wanted to say, which was when you were relaying about what you were told or how you were made to feel and thinking yeah. that for the next seven years you were labeled like this. Yeah. I will say I was not in your specific class, yeah. but obviously we were in that together for several years. Yeah. And I, um, didn't have that. That was not like the overall impression on the outside that was presented. Like, I think that the weird mind fuckery of it is that that was the impression they gave you Yes. Everybody thinks this everybody feels this from you yes and the yes. reality is they're saying that to everyone right Some variation of it and so we're all paranoid and freaked out that that's what everyone else is thinking even yes. though the reality is like nobody else I mean we're all so focused we were all so like freaked out in our own way and traumatized and and dealing yeah. with that that like, that was never how I saw you. That was never on the radar. Um, Super funny because when I came into things, like I had dated, I had guy friends, mm-hmm. um, all of those. I, this is just my story. I hadn't been with anybody yeah. but because I didn't grow up in that particular church. I still had that, like, like I had somebody come to me. <laughs> who was very innocent and well-meaning at at the time. But she's like, I just want you to know that God forgives you for everything that you've done and that you can be clean once again. And like (laughs) all this shit. And I'm like, thank you. And on the inside, I'm howling because I'm like, I'm an like innocent boob. (laughs) (laughs) I've kissed a little bit, but that's really it. Like. And I just thought it was so funny because there was so much that was made to feel like, and yet I also felt like I'm such a slut. Even (laughs) I'm so not that, like, I, you know, so I almost feel like there was a general vibe that the intention was to make everybody feel like, Well, if you weren't actually sleeping with people, you wanted to, which is
0: the same thing you whore. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) There's just so much of that. And and like you said, and not just about sex, but I mean, let's be real. Purity culture was a solid 60% of like, (laughs) whatever the anything from like masturbation, all the way through, like absolute fornication of every kind, you know. <laughs> sure, but even just the thoughts. I mean, even yes. that
1: was the the mind fuckery. Sorry again for the language. No, but that's like really the, the only description. It is that is purity culture. Is that it? It like it was is extreme as if you even thought about someone in that way, if you liked them, if they got your heart racing, if you wanted to like hold their hand or kiss their lips or like, look at them or thought they were beautiful or attractive or any of those things. Like if your heart fluttered, you should right. feel bad about that because yeah. like, that's not okay to yeah. be in that place. So what happens with but that
0: time out, by the way, as an eighteen-year-old with roaring hormones, oh my god! Like, Absolutely, this is when this is happening, like, right. like
1: as a teenager. Yes,
0: go on. Sorry. Yes,
1: no, and so what happens is then you're we were given a way that you could appropriately like find a spouse. And again, it's very sanitized and very, like, there's no room for any kind of physical or even verbal or whatever expressions of loving feelings, right? But then you, you would get engaged. And again, you're still supposed to be very, very pure, tannical, like, you know,
0: and, and even to the point- Once you got engaged was when you were allowed to start holding hands, if I'm correct. So that is, was the
1: general vibe. We, however, were not. We got confronted because we were holding hands. As engaged people. As engaged people. We announced it to the church. We were holding hands and all excited. And literally the pastor came to the house after church and confronted us and said, you were supposed to be holding a standard. And one of the kids asked, why are they holding hands? Cause they're not married yet. And what are you going to say? And I said that we're getting married. <laughs> and he said, no, you need to hold a higher standard. And, um, in that moment, I mean, it was so ridiculous and, and we all have these moments where it was like, you're batshit crazy. Like <laughs> yeah. that's, that's insane. And so at that point was where Aaron and I said, well, like not physically, but like after he left, we were like, well, then I guess we're holding hands when we're not with other people because that's yeah. really stupid. Yeah. Um, which I'm grateful that we had at least that sense about us because yes. what was in the general sense with the purity culture, you go from sex is bad, sex is bad. You're bad for wanting it. You should feel shame, 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 shame for any part of it. Yes but now get married and all of a sudden it's supposed to be really amazing and like go for it. And, and you went from zero to a thousand and, and now you shouldn't feel shame and you shouldn't feel whatever, but like literally everyone was screwed up in some form or fashion on that front. And I still know people today that I, that weren't a part of our churchy thing, but definitely still subject to that. Yeah they're going like I don't think I even like sex we're married right. and it's just like eh. right because you how do you s- flip that switch you've right. been told your whole life that it's bad evil you're bad you're evil shame 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 and then you're yes. just supposed to make that switch and that's the damage yeah. that's some of the damage that I think yeah. that purity culture right because yeah. the reality is if you want to talk church like That's supposed to be a beautiful thing. That's supposed to be something that is super special and intimate and beautiful and, and free and feeling free. And yet, like, how do you, how do you flip that switch? Like, there's just no, you don't get that from like purity culture does not produce freedom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in in that in that way no and it's such a
0: disservice yes well and I mean when you get want to get into the nuts and bolts of purity culture like there's so much more responsibility on the woman or the females yes in purity culture of like guarding the men and their temptations you know not being a temptation
1: right that um, you you're not just feeling shame about you but you also have to carry the responsibility that if they have those feelings about you it's probably cuz it's your fault yes like you've yes. dressed your pants are too tight you've shown cleavage you've shown that you have boobs at all yes. you know yes. you don't we literally had to wear multiple sports bras yes. so that we would
0: be virtually without yes. them. Time if, being a double D dear God. of not allowed to have boobs. And also, God forbid someone see the outline right of the shape of your brow or see that you have two bras on. Yeah. A smooth sparks bras Yes. It's like well,
1: the other one is Kel, you're a taller gal. So yeah. then for the shorter guys, some of them are right there. I level the Eye good. level. And like what am I supposed to do with that? It's just like nature. Yes. I can't, I can't do anything. Yes. I'm not, I'm not doing anything wrong. They're not doing anything wrong, but yeah. <laughs> it's a body part. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> and yet you are made to feel like somehow yes. you're in the wrong and, and something just about that in general is shameful and unacceptable.
0: Yes. So fast forward and into- to when Ellie was 12 and she was going to have her first boyfriend. Um, It was a friend of the Jim and I were friends with this little boy's parents. I mean, little boy come on at 12 and they had these cute little crushes on each other. They wanted to be boyfriend and girlfriend. My fucking husband made that poor boy come and ask Jim if it would be okay if they were boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. And then, I lost my shit and okay. said this is not how we do things around sure. here. Sure. Like but that began a time of me like revolting against everything and our poor kid is stuck in the middle, poor right. baby. Yes. And and that's been the perpetuation of I mean and of course us finding the balance, right? I mean, we right. know what we don't want, but we also know what we want for our kids. What we, you know, we Some of those principles, we don't want them to get their hearts broken. We don't want them to feel like they've, you know, just whatever, you know, and, um, and nobody
1: wants their kid pregnant in high school. Nobody, nobody wants, you know, those kinds of things. Like, let's be honest, you know, but
0: also you don't want there to be any feelings of shame, right? And so how do you create that? And, and I'm telling you, man, I mean, oof. I, if I, if there's one thing that I never want to have to do again in my life, it is navigating the world of like feelings and relationships and dating for a teenager. Like that is all on somebody else. I am, <laughs> nope, don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: hard. It's hard because like you said, as with every other area, we are navigating our own crap our own experiences we're wanting to be different and and other than what we experienced when it was shit that was really screwed up yeah and then we also like if we're even well enough to go okay don't go away the other extreme that's not going to be helpful either then we're trying to like come back to some like find the good but ditch the Mm -hmm. bad and what a dance I mean and we all do it we all, yes. every area all the time. I mean, I think that's the, that's again, the universal truth that, yes. we, that we're all doing, yes. you know, let alone if you actually have any traumatic experiences or hurt right. or like genuinely like screwed up, you know, stuff yeah. in that
0: it's, ugh. yeah. Well, and yes, and I, I think this is what you're alluding to, but it even, if you were not a part of any church culture of any kind, like as parents, it's the pendulum, right? Every time, every generation is like, oh God, I did not like the way my parents did this. Let's go do this. Let's, we will never do this. We will only do this. And it's a constant swinging back and forth of a pendulum from generation to generation. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know one single person in my life who is like, I want to do things exactly the same way my parents did them. Exactly. Like there's, that's just not, yeah reality um but then add on any kind of other exact things that went on too and oh it's it's a lot it's just my advice is don't have kids and live on an island alone (laughs) 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 like that's funny yeah
1: I, I it, what it, what it reminds me, I was talking again with a friend yesterday and, and as we were talking, she said, she said this phrase and I thought, Oh my God, it's so true. She, we were talking about some of her childhood stuff, you know, memories she had that had sort of just recently come up. And she said, I, the older I get, the more I realize how many vows I made to myself in those different years of how I will never be fill in the blank or yeah. I will do this differently. Yes. And that is is I did too. I think we all oh. do, right? And sometimes it's as simple and I feel like I can share this because it's Aaron, but like, you know, if your parents didn't have money, um, you know, then you go, well, I will, I will never be like that. I will make sure that I have this or I will never my kids will never want for anything, you know, and, and we, I will say as an example with that kind of a thing, right. Um, you know, there's times where you're like, okay, I feel like we're acting on your 12 year old vow. Yes. You know, of like, I will never, you know, my kids will never want for anything. And I said, I, let's come back to that because at 12, (laughs) yeah that's coming from this place. And I, and I think it's valid to, to acknowledge it, but also to say like, that doesn't really make great humans either. Yeah. (laughs) So let's find some balance to that and kind of be able to like, maybe this sounds really woo woo, but like acknowledge and honor that moment. And the reason you felt that, but also like, we're, we're not going to live our lives based on our 12 year old Val, because clearly that's also very short sighted and only in that moment, you know, reacting to, I didn't get the expensive, whatever that I
0: was wanting or whatever. Yeah. Well, and, and, and even outside of parenthood, like you and I recently had a, a situation where I was explaining something that had happened to me that triggered like my 19 year old insecure girl self. And I was, you know, I was explaining and I was like, it's just my, it's just my 19 year old self coming out saying you're yep. not going to do this to me. Or, um, I'm, I'm, I'm having these emotions of this person that's like, fuck her, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I don't want to be feeling like this, but yep. that triggered her. And yep. I have to acknowledge her and say, Hey, you're okay. I'm not going to let this happen to you. Right. You're okay. And that, like you said, it may sound woo, but acknowledging those feelings and 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 making that feel you know assuring yourself that that's not going to happen you're not going to let that happen to your 45 year old self and it's going to be okay um that's important and that's that's truly how we get through it that's that's trauma therapy (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's interesting though because the older we get
1: the more I do see those things, you know, yeah. that do come up and go like, man, that's making, that's reminding me, that's making me feel, you know, which maybe is the, the positive of getting older and having yes. more time or awareness or whatever to
0: yeah. see some of that stuff. Yeah. But well, um, and wisdom, you know, to <sighs> to be like, wait a minute, this what's happening here, you know, and, and take that minute, but just the wisdom to know, like, oh, something's not right here. Right. Yeah.
1: And why do I feel so extreme about filling the blanks? Right. Like sometimes that's how it is, at least for me, like, it feels like, yeah, that knee jerk reaction, (laughs) really strong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then you're like, well, oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. But the beauty of middle age to me is, and I you'll have to remind me who said this, but you have, you said this to me, gosh, a couple of years ago. And it's like, one of my mantras that I just constantly go back to is what carried me through the first part of my life is mm-hmm. not enough to get me through this next part. And who was that?
1: That was Richard Rohr. Yeah. It was in his book, falling forward or upward, failing up, I don't know, something like that.
0: Yeah. 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 And, um, it's constant for me of, I mean, that's the journey is that's, that's tiptoeing into therapy. That's, you know, facing the hard things is I, I'm not going to get through this last part of my life as the person I want to be. And it's, experience all that I want to experience and and put into my kids and my grandkids and invest in them the way that I want to with with what I used to barely fucking skate by the first part of my life Yep, yeah like that shit ran out it's time to dig and and get the good stuff for the next part and um you know when you're in the trenches with littles that's that's just not even possible to, to most extents. I mean, yes, I, I don't want to discount what other people are capable of in the trenches, but I sure as hell wasn't capable of like doing a whole lot of self-investment. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. You're just surviving, but maybe some, maybe other people are way more capable than I was. And good on you if you honestly do it it's so true but do try no matter what stage of life you're in and do try to invest in in your soul if nothing else feed your soul when you can but eventually there will be a time where you'll have enough space to dig into the deep parts but don't feel the pressure to do that (laughs) when you're barely skating by in diapers and Oh, for <laughs> sure.
1: Gosh, no kidding, huh? Yeah. Well, that sounds amazing, Kel. I'm super excited to kind of hear more and
0: for you to be on that journey. Like, Yeah. Well, oh, Lordy, gonna... send all the happy thoughts my way as I'm digging into this. It's a little scary, <laughs> but also so exciting and invigorating and yeah, go find a therapist, everyone. No, just Serious. kidding. <laughs> Serious.
1: I need to. <laughs> oh,
0: anything uh, else? No, I think that's super good. That was a lot. It was a. It was a lot of tangents, but it felt fun. It felt good. Yeah, I think so. All right, friends. Love yourselves. Take care of yourselves.
1: All and right. we love you.
0: Love you. Bye.